testify, Gene, I believe he's given me power. I can feel the power. I can see what he's doing. But why isn't it working? Well, I'm going to show you why it's not working. Something is out of order. Or it's just due to disobedience. You may know the order and not obeying the order. Amen? So power flows through order. Wealth flows through order. Let's look at the order. Here's, I'm going to give you two, eight things I believe that's going to give you the order. Number one, altar time. That's not this time up here, spending time up around this altar every time church comes, that you're up here laying on the floor, crying out to God. This is not the altar time I'm talking about. Altar time is your personal time with God every morning. If you're not doing that, your business will never succeed. It will not succeed. I look at my life and the things that I have done over the last 25 years. And this was one of the things I did every morning. I started out with 15 minutes. Now I'm up to five and six hours a day. So I come in here at noon. But I, I go in at five, six o'clock in, in the morning. And I really do f spend four to six hours every morning with God. It's been f three to four hours for 15, 20 years. But just last year, he said, I need more time. When God says he needs more time, he's taking you into another dimension. Because you've got to sow the time in before you can experience the harvest. You've got to give that time. And then you're going to find that you don't want to leave the altar time. We can give you music to put on your phone, spend time worshiping God. You're going to find out that this is where I belong. It's spending time with God. Because you get revelation. Who knows what revelation is? Revelation is God unveiling something to you. That means he's lifting up the curtain. He's opening up the curtain for you to see a deal. For you to see a piece of property. For you to, to get a scripture or a principle, or, or something that's an enlightening to you, something that's something that you have not, that have not exercised your abilities to get. It just got unveiled. There's your idea. There's your direction. He said, I am the Lord God who teaches you. There's your teaching. It's going to be in the altar time. Number two, giving. Giving is activation. That's what I've tried to tell. Money answers everything. So when I give, I am activating what is in the spirit realm to become natural, tangible. Solomon actually said wisdom and money answers everything. So wisdom is the word of God. I can be full of the word and be broke, busted, and disgusted. Full of the word, not knowing how to use it. Memorize the word and quote it all day long, but I'm still broke, busted, and disgusted. Wisdom is the word that answers every spiritual question. Money answers every material thing. Money is called to material things. Money is not called to God. 
Money's not called to you. Money's calling is the material thing. Faith is the currency of heaven. Money is the currency of the earth. Activation. Now, three, action. Action. Now, do something. God's given you an idea. You sowed into that idea. And now, start moving towards what he showed you. Don't move towards what he showed you unless you sowed into what he showed you. It won't work. What happens is, the devil knows what you're doing. So when you're not sowing into what God showed you, the devil forms a counterfeit for you. And it'll look just like what you saw on the vision. It'll look just like and sound just like that idea. And you think you have just laid hold of God and his purpose. And then you find yourself flat on your face again, wondering what in the world happened. Your giving sustains your action. Your giving sustains your action. And number four, knowing the enemy's strategy. Because now that you are moving out on obedience and the order of God, the devil is coming after you. I wish Christians would go after the devil as much as the devil comes after Christians. I, I go after him all the time. In fact, I enjoy going after him. Because he's defeated. And the reason I enjoy it because I know I've got the victory. I've got the victory. You got the victory. Adversity, temptation, and opposition are the three things. Are the signs that the devil has come to help promote you. That's what you got to look at. The devil. God can use the devil to get you where you need to be. So when adversity shows up at my doorstep, I say, devil, thank you for letting me know I am on time and you're helping me with my destiny. And then when I pass that test and I'm relaxing in his grace, then temptation shows up. The same devil that was angry at me is now showing up as an angel of light. And he wants to love on me. And it's usually a carnal Christian. Oh, Lord, I should. <laughs> it's usually a carnal Christian that's living in two kingdoms. Because the carnal Christian will come to say to you, hey, man, it's time for you to start doing something. You've been resting in God too long. You need to start doing something. God has, you, has to release you. Every step has to be from God. He said a righteous man's steps are ordered by God. How do you know a person is righteous and his steps are ordered? He's the most patient person you'll ever meet. And everybody around him is so angry because he won't move on something. Amen. When the people around you are getting anxious because you're not doing anything, you know right then, hey, I am on time with God. God is about to release me because the devil has seen the release come through the heavens and he has sent his temptation to abort it. Then I pass that test and I'm on my way to laying hold of the tangible thing and opposition shows up. The same devil that was mad at me 
The same devil that came as an angel of light is now coming to oppose me. But the difference is, he's not in me anymore. That's the only way you can keep moving. Is because he's not in you anymore. So I'm giving you things that work here. When prosperity comes, do your part and be a good steward. 2 Corinthians 9.7 So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or in necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. Don't you want God to love you? I want to feel God's love. The only way that we can give cheerfully is by the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Because he's the one that has the joy. He's the one that has the cheer. And you notice every time the Spirit prompts you to do something, how joyful you are, how happy you are to do it. When the Spirit's not leading you, or Jesus is not showing you, then you're doing it out of necessity and grudgingly. So that means, whose kingdom are you sowing in at that point? The enemy's kingdom. So now I'm going to cause the enemy to be empowered to keep me broke, busted, and disgusted because I gave it out of necessity and I gave it out of, out of grudgingly. Now I have two kingdoms working against me and I'm the middle ground. God's working to bless me. The enemy's working to kill and destroy me. And my mind is the middle ground. And I'm not going anywhere because there's opposition here. There's, there's two kingdoms that are in conflict. And I'm the battleground. A spirit-led business will always be successful. Giving must be God's purpose and motive. So what's God's purpose? Let's look at this. Here's four things. This is, the, this is the secondary order. I've gave you the first order, and this is the secondary order. If you get these two things right, your business will explode. What's God's purpose? It's his tithes and his offerings. That's the first thing. Second thing is the first fruit offering. Three is almsgiving. And four is seed giving. So let's go to Malachi. 3.10.1 that talks about the tithe. And we've read this verse over and over again. I want to go to 3.10.11. Uh, 3.10.11. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. The storehouse is not your bank account. The storehouse is God's house. Wherever you go to church, how do you know it's your house? How do you know that you're in the right house? We, we see people go from church to church to church to church to church trying to find the right house. How do you know that you're in the right house? You got changed. Something changed in your life. That's how you know this is my home. This is my family. This is where I bring my tithes to the house the storehouse is the house of God this is where I'm being fed to keep me changed you can be changed and lose it but you got to be changed and fed to keep the change so God is saying here he wants food in his house I, I told people there's too many vegetarian churches around 
and no meat. Meat is revelation. Try me in this. Now, this is the only verse in all the Bible that God says, test me. That should challenge every ruby in here. Test me. I'm going to prove to you that I'm going to give you an open heaven over your business. I'm going to give you an open heaven over your life. The sad thing is people don't know where to tithe because they haven't never been changed. You can be saved and not changed. And that's the problem with a lot of church people. They've been saved, but they never were changed. They never were transformed and renewed in their mind to experience a change. Test me in this. If I will not open up heaven over you, pour you out such a blessing. Now that's a tangible thing. A blessing is tangible. When I say I bless you, that means I'm empowering you to succeed. And then you experience a blessing. So he's empowering you by the tithe to succeed so that you can obtain a blessing. That there will be no, not room enough to receive it. What does that mean? Your, 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 your satisfaction can only hold so much. When you are satisfied and content, your family is satisfied and content. Your business is satisfied and content. That's the first thing he wants to do is make you content. Then where does the rest go? He said there's not room enough to receive it. The rest is spirit-led to advance his kingdom. And I'm going to show you how to do that. So the tithe keeps food in the, in the house, divinely protects you. Let's go to the next verse. And I will rebuke the devil. The devourer is the devil. God is saying, test me in this. I'm not only going to bless you, but when the devil comes after your blessing, I'm going to rebuke the devil, say, no, you can't touch this one. I'm a testimony of when the hurricane came. And I was in Miami, and I'm from this wall to the parking lot on the ocean. And I've got a half a million dollars worth of cars sitting under the house with no garage door. And we're in Miami. And the Lord said, I said to the Lord, do I need to be concerned about this? And this is what he told me. He said, no one at Kingdom Life Ministry will be touched by this hurricane. There was three foot of water in my street. My driveway connected to the street. Three foot of water, 12 foot sea surge came down my street. My neighbor got three foot under his house of water. Everybody came to my house to see if the cars were floating. When they came, they saw a wall of sand this high at the edge of the driveway where something stopped the water from coming to my house. The flower pots didn't even blow over. That's supernatural protection. And I'm the closest one on the ocean. It was a testimony to my neighbors. Their houses, the roofs were blowing off. The, the water was three foot under their homes. It was a testimony. And we're in Miami enjoying a minister's conference of 20,000 ministers. And everybody else in Savannah is fleeing out of fear. The only way that fear can get to you 
is because you don't pay your tithe. God rebukes Satan. He is the spirit of fear. He rebukes debt. He rebukes poverty. Everything that Satan is, he rebukes. He protects you when you pay the tithe and the offering. He will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall your vine, which is your business, fail to keep bearing fruit for you in the field. I've seen this over and over again. When the economy crashes, my competition goes, and we're still fruitful. It's because of the tithe and the offering. So if you're not in a church, you need to be in a church. You need to find one that you can connect to that not only can save you, but can change you. All right? So that's it, number one. That will keep you recession-free. That will keep you depression-free is your tithe and your offering. And your tithe is 10% of the gross income that comes into your hands. The gross. Not in your business. Because what comes into your business is owed to a lot of people. It's what you actually put in your bank account. You better stroke the first check. Say, God, I'm giving you $10 of this $100 so you can protect the 90 bucks that you're going to get me to enjoy. The problem is people are so ties in the wrong house. And it didn't work for them. Because they didn't get saved or they got saved and never got changed. Your spirit gets saved, your head gets changed. When I say changed, now you think differently. You think like God, act like God, love like God, walk like God, give like God. That's a change. All right, let's go to number two, the first fruit offering. Let's look at Romans eleven sixteen. Romans eleven sixteen. For if the first fruit is holy, that's your tithe, the lump is also holy. So holy means set apart. So God is setting apart the whole lump of your income away from the devil's hand. It means set apart from the world is what holy means. So the first lump, the tithe, the 10% is holy. When you pay it, the whole lump is free. And if the root is holy, the branches are holy. Now listen, we're talking about first fruit here. The first month of every year, this is a, this is a feast. There's, there are several feasts in the Bible that God tells us to honor. And this is called first fruit offering. The, f- the first month or the first quarter. We're almost at the end of the first quarter. You've got to give a first fruit offering to God. And God doesn't tell you the amount because the scripture tells you the amount. I've worked with some developers in the past that when they sold their first lot at the first of the year in a development, they gave the proceeds to God. Your first sales commission within the first three months, the first sales commission you give to God. Your first paycheck, you give to God. And if you miss the time, ask God to forgive you. And he'll show you what to do before the end of the month. 
I've, I've had to do that. I got gotten so busy, I forgot. I said, Lord, I forgot. I, for, I missed it. I've been so busy. Show me what I need to do before this march ends. Because the f- first fruit secures the rest of the year that God's going to keep you first in everything. It's a commandment. You want to be first. You don't want to be second. It keeps you first. The beginning of your year will not be like the end of the year. If you're lacking right now, then you need to give your first fruit because the end of the year will not be like the beginning of the year. All right, number, let's go to Proverbs 19. I mean, Exodus 13, 1 and 2. I'm still on first fruit. Exodus 13, 1 and 2. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Consecrate me all the firstborn, whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both man and beast as mine. I'm just confirming in this verse that God wants everything that's first. So, how many are the oldest in their family? Okay, then God wants you. You were born to be set apart for him. Totally. I'm the firstborn. Until I realized that my life was God's and not mine, I was miserable. I could never get it right. Until I realized I'm the firstborn. God wants all of me, spirit, soul, body, and finance. And man, I'm so glad I gave it to him. All right, number three, alms giving. Let's look at Matthew 6, 1. Alms giving. Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from the Father in heaven. Now, a lot of people, what they do, they use their alms for tithes because they don't trust the the ministry to handle the finances correctly. So they take their tithe and they use it to help somebody. They take their tithe and sow it into missions. When something's out of order, it births disorder. The definition of disorder is confusion. God is saying here, don't let people know what you're doing when you're helping people. You see these big churches, they put, uh, they, they raise money for missions. They put it on the screen. These people look awful. They're starving. They're in desperate need. Men and women, they're on the screen. That is not scriptural. I would not sow into that not one penny because of this verse right here. Jesus said, do it in secret. Don't display it to the whole church. The reason he said that is, is because Jesus always protects the dignity of man. Think about it. If if you were initiated a man, man carries a level of pride. And he's up on the screen of the whole church. And people wonder why their giving is not working. Don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Proverbs 19, 17, I'm on the same thing, almsgiving. He who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord, and he will pay him back what he has given. Thank God that we're dealing with somebody with integrity. That if I'm helping someone who is in need, 
God says, I'm going to give it back to you. And if you see the need, and nobody else sees it that's around you, then God is talking to you. I had that happen to me one time. Somebody came to me and said, hey, this person needs something on their car. I said, did you see that? He said, well, yeah. Church needs to help him. I said, well, I walk by the same car every day, and I didn't see it. So, I mean, you need to help him, not the church, because you are the church. So almsgiving protects man's dignity. Number four, here's where wealth comes in play. This is where you really start multiplying beyond. This is where abundance comes in, is in seed giving. Matthew 13, 23. This is what brings the wealth that you can be a great blessing to someone else. But he who received the seed on good ground, let's stop right there. You receive the seed on good ground. The good, good ground starts with you. The seed is what you heard. The word of God is a seed. The good ground's my soul. The good ground is my spirit. I heard it. Remember I heard it said if you hear the word, you better sow into it. I heard it. That means it went into good ground. Now I'm going to sow it in good ground. And good ground is not necessarily a place. Wherever God tells you to put it is good ground. I, 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 I gave $200,000 to a church a few years ago. And the Lord said, give $100,000 to the pastor and give $100,000 to the church. And it wasn't long after that, the church just fell apart. It was a mega church, big church, 30,000 people. Fell apart, went down to nothing. I said, Lord, now I know I heard your voice to send that to Florida, to this church. He said, you, you heard my voice. I said, well, that's not good ground. He said, Gene, if there's one bride and 30,000 people, that's good ground. The bride is you. The born-again Christian is you. There was one in that church. There might have been more, but I know there was one. Because God said to send it to protect the one. There was sin in the church. He said, Gene, when money leaves your hand, it's for blessing or judgment. And you'll never know what it's for until you see the outcome. Listen to the Spirit. God backs up his word. Jeremiah 1.12, we're almost finished. Listen to the Spirit that's in you. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. What does that mean? You have seen well. You have to hear before you can see. If you have heard the word, then you're going to see what the word's going to do for you. And God's going to back it up. I've never been up here one time, not one time, that God didn't back me up on what I was preaching and teaching. 
A lot of ministers he doesn't back up. Why? Because there's sin. Knowing sin in their life. God backs up purity. He backs up purity. Psalm 107.20. And this is what he's going to perform. All this word I've given you today. He's going to perform it. And he's proven it in Psalms 107.20. He sent his word and healed them. The word of God does not change. You can read the word all day long and that word not change. God didn't send his word to change you. He sent his word to heal you. And to deliver you from the devil's destruction in your life. So what changes us? God's presence is what changes. There's a difference. His anointing is performing the word. His presence is changing you to live in the word. So when God says he inhabits the praises of his people, start praising him, start worshiping him. He comes down where you are. Well, how do I know he's there? Because you feel this peace. Your mind is at rest. You're not thinking about nothing. That's how you know he's there. That's when you are face to face with God is when you're in perfect peace. And I tell people, when you get there, stay as long as you can because deposits are being made that's going to change you. Stay as long as you can. And last verse, Psalm 35, 27. Now here's God's harvest. Here's God's harvest. Let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause What's his righteous cause? His word, his kingdom, and your prosperity. And let them continually say, let the Lord be swelled up with pleasure, who has pleasure in the prosperity of you. Now, I know there's not one person in here that wouldn't like to have wealth. And if you say, no, I don't need wealth, and you just, got a, you just heard a religious demon speak to your mind. Only a religious demon will say that. Because it's not about you. It's about what God wants to do through you. Three years into my walk with God, he made me a millionaire because I did this right here. And it kept coming. And I said, Lord, I don't need any more. You've established your covenant with me. He said, now, let it flow through you to establish the covenant in somebody else's life. God wants you to be a vessel of honor, sanctified and useful for the master. He establishes his covenant with you, but you establish the covenant in others that he's assigned you to. Amen. Last thing, five minutes. Let's, let's look at this. A little recap. Remember I said motivation and momentum. Two things that bring success of the word is motivation and momentum. Let's look at the definition of motivation. Well, you didn't get this? You didn't have time? Okay. 
What motivates the tithe? This is important. Remember, the word of God is a motivator. So what motivates the tithe? Obedience. What motivates the first fruit? The tithe is obedience. What motivates the first fruit? Generosity. This order will not fail you. Because I'm a testimony of this order. What motivates the alms? Compassion. And what motivates the seed? Because I don't want to be motivated by wealth. Because that's what it brings back. What motivates the seed giving is faith and reward. Faith and reward. That's motivation. Here's the, here's the momentum. Momentum. Momentum is a force gained by a series of events. I've given you a series of events. And you're gaining momentum. You're gaining a force that's working for you that you are no longer in control. That this power of God is working for you now instead of you trying to work for God. All right? Number one, the quiet move. And you can put beside that the tithe. The quiet move is the tithe. It's an internal move of obedience. The second thing is the opening move. That's the first fruit. It's something that's leaving you. And then there's a counter move, which is your almsgiving. That's an external move of compassion. And then there's a forcing move. And that's an external move of God towards you. The fourth one is the uh, forcing move, which is the external move of God towards you. Which one? Second one was the opening move, which is the first fruit. Quiet move was the tithe. It's, a, it's an inward obedience. The opening move is the first fruit. There you go. You got them up there. Any questions? I, I, I've given you today what it's going to take for you to expand. Today was the day of your hearing for expansion this year. To be a part of this mega cycle. Every, everything that you lost, remember, didn't go into the devil's hands. It went into God's hands. And it's in this mega cycle. It's a cycle of blessing. That's moving. Towards you. Based on the order of God today. You want that one river that comes from God. To be unrestricted when it flows out of you. Doubt restricts the river. Fear restricts it. Anger restricts it. Unforgiveness, shame, rejection, all these things restrict the river. And we don't experience the full blessing of God because of, the, because of our fellowship with the devil. When I'm fearing, I'm fellowshipping with the devil. When I'm worrying, I'm fellowshipping with the devil. When I'm provoked to anger, I'm just fellowshipping with the devil. 
It's not my anger. It's not my fear. It's not my worry. It's the devil's character. It's his fruit that I have now fellowship with. Only you can empower the devil. He does not have any power. We empower it by how we think. Our thinking releases the power in me to resurrect anything that I need. So a man thinks, so he'll be. Any questions? You, you tithe to the church. You give your first fruit offering to God. Then you, God, when you get this order right in your mind, the third thing is, is your alms. That's when you give to someone secretly when God lets you see the need. So you can't jump to alms and then back to tithes. You got to know your tithe is in place for the week or for the month or however you do it. And you got to know that you put your first fruit offering in for the first quarter. Now God's going to open up your eyes to see a need. You see the momentum. This is how the momentum works. You can't get it out of order. It won't work. So then when you meet the need secretly, then God's going to speak to you after that to tell you where to sow a seed for the abundance. Because God never gives a man abundance till he's been faithful in the rest. Amen. I'm, I'm giving you the answer to successful business. A successful life. Give me, give, give her a mic please. Y'all be on, y'all get on this Terry. Hurry. And if you don't have a business, it works in your personal life. This thing works. It works. It works. Okay, on the first fruit offerings is that something that comes from your talents that you're giving away or is that a monetary gift to the church that's a monetary we're dealing with monetary monetary thing. gift and that's in addition to your 10 percent of your that's in addition account. to your tithe your first fruit then your alms okay. and then your seed giving see your seed giving he could tell you to get so a dollar into something and if you obey him let me give you an example how pride keeps us from our blessing. There was a church that had about 300 people in it. And the evangelist called for everybody to come up who wanted to get out of debt. The power is in the house for debt cancellation. One couple got up out of 300 people. Now, do you think all them other people were in we're freed up from debt? No, I don't think so. That cute little couple came up, and all the evangelists did was say, in the name of Jesus, you're debt free. You don't have to preach to people for God to move. God is a God of few words. Because he says, in a multitude of words, sin does not lack. So some preachings, I can really have to dart because I don't feel the Spirit you know what I mean? And there's sin. I got to dodge all the sin that that man's in. Amen? And usually the ones that are in sin, that are leaders, will, will say that your ministry's in a cult. Because that's what theirs is. Usually when a minister says your ministry's in a cult, that means theirs is. Because Satan is the accuser of the brethren. And God is trying to tell that man he's in error. Not the one he's talking about. Right. Amen. 
So, so this person, this couple, got three days later a letter from the bank of a $300,000 debt canceled. Hey, it's happening all over the place. This lady went to the bank because she banked with the banker for 25 years and went to the president and said, this is a mistake. I didn't pay this off. And he looked perplexed. He said, well, ma'am, he knew her name. You were in here yesterday and gave me a check. God raised up an angel that looked just like that woman and brought the check to the bank. You see what obedience can do to you? Now you can imagine how all those other 299 people sat in the pews because their pride kept them down. And this person's rejoicing in freedom. Pride is the biggest devil that you can carry. Because that's what got Satan cast out of heaven. Amen. So that's a good answer. You, it, what I'm giving you is the success of riches, which is the anointings, and wealth, and how they work together. So everything I taught you today is concerning money. Because remember, Francis, everything, money answers everything. You could see somebody that needs food and, and, and make them a meal. But there's no money in that. You're not giving them tangible money, but it costs money to make the meal. You see what I'm saying? You can see someone that needs clothes and you take them some clothes, but you didn't give them the money to buy clothes, but it took money to buy those clothes. Money answers everything. Get this order right and you're going to see your business explode. Absolutely explode. When I sold that $200,000 to that church, I thought, man, this is bad ground. That $200,000 turned into an $80 million project that netted me about $8 million in one year and a half. And I didn't do anything. I spent most of my time in home, at home because the project was so overwhelming to me, I stayed in my worship chair as long as I could before I came into this office. Because I felt like the longer I spent time with God, He was working everything around me to be in synergy because Jesus said my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I said, Lord, I feel guilty. I'm, I'm sitting here worshiping you and got this big project going on. And, and he said, this is what my son died for. The more time you spend with me, the more time I'm going to take care of your business because you're taking care of my business and that's fellowship with me. It was supernatural. Everything I've done has been supernatural. What I mean is, I can't take the credit. I've never taken the credit because it's so beyond me that it puts the fear of God in me to continue to stay in His presence. Amen. God wants, if you heard this word today, God wants you to have riches and wealth. He wants you to have all the anointings you need to be successful and all the wealth you need to establish the covenant in somebody else's life. So if you heard it today, 
and you do what this word says. You got the orders, eight orders here. Things will begin to shift for you. They will shift. Listen, it's a blessing to know that you can meet every need in somebody else's life. When God lets you see a need because the timing of it was the time that was written in the book, you're going to see this need today and you don't have any money because you hadn't met the order. But you're still responsible for the need. Isn't that an awful feeling? God will never ask you to do something that he hadn't already provided for. Charlie? I'm a little bit puzzled. So you've got to find the right church to do this in the right church. Absolutely. Because I noticed you mentioned you have to find the right church. Absolutely. That's why it's not working for a lot off. of people. And this, Charlie, I don't know if you came in late, but th this, is, this, is, um, this is how you know you're in the right church. You could have been saved before you got to this church or any other church. But when you got to the church, you were not only saved, but now you got changed. Something in your life just changed. Because remember, when you get born again, your spirit gets, gets saved, but your head doesn't. Always remember that. Jesus didn't save your head. He redeemed it. It's covered by the blood. If you died today, you'd go to heaven, even though your, your head thinks like hell. Amen? And nobody's exempt from this, because when you get born again, God takes your spirit and makes it new and lets you walk around with the old man's head, the dead man's head. I struggled with this after I got born again. Why am I still doing the same thing, but now I have a deep conviction I didn't have a conviction before? That's why Jesus said, work out the salvation that's in you into your head. Transform your mind, renew your mind by reading the word. But you got to be in a church that has revelation. Most churches preach the gospel, but they never get into the epistles because the epistles cause you to die. Not physically. They cause you to die to the old thinking. The old man's ways. Amen. So find a church. There's churches out there. There's got to be more churches than this church that's got revelation. And, and you'll know because there's an apostle in the church. Apostles bring revelation. And it's not always in the service. I could be next door and revelation's pouring out of me. I could be talking to Carl in the parking lot and revelation's pouring out of me. Revelation is what changes you. Always remember this one thing. The spirit of truth rescued you from the devil's kingdom. But the truth of the spirit rescues you from the devil's attraction to you. So I got the spirit of truth and I got the truth of the spirit in me now. Does that make sense? The spirit of truth. That means I have the spirit of truth, but not the truth of the spirit. I have the spirit of the word, but not the word in me yet. So my spirit has the spirit of truth. I got to get the truth of the spirit in my head. And that's called revelation. That's what changes you, is revelation. Of the enemy. What, they work together. 
Say it again. Does the truth of the spirit rescue you from the attraction of the enemy? All right. The, the truth of the spirit already has a rescuing power in it. Because it rescues you from the power of the enemy. Now I need to be rescued from the enemy's attraction to me. So. It's the truth of the spirit and the spirit of truth coming together that rescues you from the enemy's attraction to you. The enemy knows he has legal access to you. When this mind is not renewed by the word of God yet. How do you know the minds are renewed? I don't think like I used to. I'm thinking like God does. I'm talking like God does. I'm acting like God does. I'm loving like God does. I'm giving like God does. That's how you know you're changed. There's no fear in me. There's no anger in me. There's no rejection in me. There's no unforgiveness in me. There's no shame in me. There's nothing of the devil in me. That's why Jesus said, you have no place in me. But James said, don't give place to the devil now. We give place to the devil by what we say. It's contrary to the word of God. So you can live a devil-free life. Isn't that a blessing? Well, the clutter, the clutter, the clutter, what, what, you're, what we're clearing out is the lie. The lie produces the clutter. So the lie produces what we call garbage. And, and Jesus called Satan the Lord of Bezebel, which is the Lord of flies. And we know that flies are attracted to garbage. So when we have clutter in there, we have demons all around us because they're attracted to the garbage. That's why this little chart the Lord gave me a vision on, that darkness that's around the light is the garbage. And the only thing that can change that darkness to move out is the revelation, the truth of the Spirit, working with the Spirit of the truth together. Amen. Those are good questions, Charlie. Thank you. And Mary, any more questions? Just watch how you think. If we're commanded to love one another, we're not going to think anything differently about that person other than love them, to help them. And sometimes helping people is getting them on the right track. They might come kicking and screaming and resistant, but you know and that you know that you know this is what they're supposed to be doing. And if you stand in your integrity, stand in your conviction, God can work through you to get those people in line. I've seen it over and over again. There's another fall coming. There's another economy crash coming. I don't know when it's going to be, but it's history. You don't want to be a part of that anymore. You want to be prospering when everybody else is going down. That's your greatest opportunity to advance in wealth is when people are going down, all the prices are cut in half. They just about want to give things away so they don't have to pay the taxes on this or this. They want to give you, hey, give me a dollar for this $100,000 piece of property so I don't have to th pay the $30,000 club fee a year. Is that good? Any more questions? Come on up here. Give some praise to the Lord today for this. Thank you, Lord.
Praise God. We've received a really a divine order, and I'm an emerald, so I love order. Sometimes the, uh, with rubies, the challenge is following the order. But, you know, let's go to Galatians 6, 6. I'm not going to hold you, just one second. Let him who taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches the word. Jesus is the teacher. He's used this apostle to teach us. If we will begin to follow the order, this is such a divine order. And sometimes the struggle is, oh, I can't give up this money. You know what? I pay $50 sometimes more to go play around round of golf. Cameron, how much money have we thrown away fishing? How much? A bunch. Because I know the fishing you do, and it's more than 50 bucks. Come on, how many times have you thrown away money at a restaurant? You go out to eat anywhere, it's $50. I don't care if you go to Cary Hilliards, it's $50, right? You know, God loves a cheerful giver. I'm going to give one testament. I'm promising I'm, I'm closing. Two weeks ago, my wife and I are actually sitting in Cary Hilliards after a service here one night. And this woman, she gets a phone call, and her husband, her husband gets up. Everybody at the table starts just bawling, bawling. It caused a horrible scene in the restaurant. The, the, people, the, the uh, waitresses were trying to console them. So we kind of find out that, that either the father-in-law or the father was rushed to the hospital and was dying or had died. She had three small children, and I'm telling you, it was a mess. It was just a mess. And here's the alms thing, that cheerful. And I don't say this to bring any attention to me. I just want to give you how God operates. Because I got out of my chair, my seat, and I went over. And this woman, she's got the husband got up and ran out. And she has these three children. And she's holding these three children. And they are just crying their eyes out. And she's turned sideways from the booth into the aisle. I mean, everybody, there's a crowd of people going, what's going on? And I just walked up and I began to lay my hands on this woman. And I just said, Father, in the name of Jesus, peace come upon this, this family right now. And I began to pray for her. And I walked back to my chair. And the waitress was like, thank you. And I said, bring me her check. Bring me her check. This woman, and she's bawling. I said, Paige. Get up, go help her put those kids in the car. And this woman, I didn't go with Paige, and this woman just grabbed Paige and held her and said, thank you, I don't know what I would have done without you guys right now. Total stranger, we never even got their name. Never got their name. Amen? That's the alms, the compassion. Evangelists are big about compassion. Amen? Come on now, did you receive this word today? I challenge you to sow into this word today. Sow into it. There's a bucket up here and a box back there. I've even went and stuffed money in his pocket because I want the anointing on his life coming upon me. Amen? All right, stretch your hands forward. Father, in the name of Jesus, we seal this word right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for this word that has come forth, Lord, to give us the divine order, to stay in order, Father, to reap your benefits, Lord, and to reap your glory. God, let us have a generous spirit when we leave here today. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.